It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, George? No, no. Let's say it like this. Trying to apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day everyone and welcome to the Trade Mate Sports Betting Podcast. Today I'm joined by The Poacher, a professional football better and tipster with decades of experience in the bookmaker industry. Liam, welcome to the podcast. Hey Alex, good, good, to, good to speak to you. Very, very good, mate. Um, maybe you just want to kick things off, let people know, I guess, your role in the betting industry at the moment, how you got to where you are and yeah, maybe a little bit about your journey okay well i started working in the betting industry probably in 1996 so uh it's a it's a long time ago now uh, i started working betting shops uh basically just at that time uh you know there was no there was no computers no it was all just very manual so i started out marking a board there would be uh uh we get this loudspeaker in with someone calling out these the shows prices uh, so we just write it on a board for everyone to see so it's pretty basic stuff so uh just graduated from there then to working behind the counter and um settling up bets that time we had no there would be no you know the bets had to be done manually so it was it was a slow process and probably you know there, there was a bit of room for error so uh, then eventually became assistant manager and manager of betting shop and then progressed on to profiling, just monitoring kind of hot customers as we call them. So basically customers who are main customers, I suppose you could say. So that's that's been my, uh, that was my latest role in the betting shop. Yeah, well, okay. So you obviously yeah, advanced up the ranks in the in the betting shop. What was like some of the, I guess, the biggest things you learned? I mean, dealing with uh, yeah, I guess some of the sharpest betters, you might say. Like, what were some of the things, I guess, you learned from them? Yeah, I suppose you learn a lot. Uh, I suppose going back going back into the early, the late 90s, early 2000s, it was a lot easier to get bets on. You know, you had, you know, there wasn't much online. Uh, bookmakers, betting shops especially, I suppose, betting shops would be my my main area. You know, the, they were willing to take a bigger bet than they would now. You know, because you know there was no bet fair, it was only just coming on stream. So you know, if someone came in with five hundred or a thousand euros or pounds, whatever, they you know they they were they were taken pretty pretty almost time. But uh, as as time has gone by, that's it's less and less. You you know you would you if you went in out to a betting shop with a thousand euro, or obviously online, you you definitely wouldn't get. It. I couldn't see how you get it on. Well, on on racing, maybe some football, but you know, big. Big high-profile football games, fine, it will. But uh, the margin, the margin is well built in for with betting shops. So I wouldn't advise having a thousand euros on with a betting shop unless you're getting on at a very, very early show. Yeah. Okay. A- anything that I guess I assume you might have, you know, been doing some betting yourself before you started working at the betting shop. Was there anything that I guess surprised you looking back? That uh, I guess, yeah, something that people who have never worked for a bookmaker or a shop would uh, imagine happening i suppose uh in the early days i suppose uh, there was a lot of cash flying around so i was surprised at the at the, at the stakes you know you, like we regularly had people 
who could just come in and have could ask for maybe five thousand five thousand euros or pounds and um and well on sport more so football and more so football probably than horse racing and greyhounds but uh i did see what surprised me a lot i suppose was that you know someone could come in with five hundred thousand cash over the counter and be taken pretty pretty quickly you know that probably surprised you but the thing about it you know those type customers were probably rare enough and when they did come in they regularly won so i suppose from the early days that was one thing i you know when you see a guy coming in having five thousand done say i don't know some uh, a premier league team at that time it was you know it was basically match odds um over under goals was wasn't a big thing so you know you you tend to take note you'd say how could you have five thousand euro on a premier league match you know without you know because it's it's so high profile and you, you'd say that um that it knows what the true odds should be but i bet sure it wasn't as prominent at the time or there wasn't as much information out there so and I got to know sharp hunters betting on horses, football, that kind of stuff. So that probably surprised me that you know the the people could make money in it. So that's that's probably how I got more into betting myself. That's really interesting. So you're saying that you couldn't really, uh, I I guess like the one of the most accurate measures you can use to profile whether you think someone's going to be a long-term winner is if they're beating you know closing lines of the sharpest bookies or yeah maybe the exchanges too is is that was that kind of difficult for you to like profile yeah customers if if there was no like real efficient closing line or anything like that yeah it probably was at that time yeah so they tended to be able to get their bets on easier whereas no i would say it's very easy you know if if we customer came into a shop over the last few years i want to say greyhounds was a big thing actually we had a few a few guys come into shops and they had they'd have on their phone on their smartphones then we could have bet deck or bet fair open so the shows on greyhound racing particularly greyhound racing for some reason the shows the, the dog would shorten up in price the odds would shorten on bet deck or bet fair before it would shorten in the shop so they were seeing the price shorten in the shop or on fair so they were getting on with us maybe 10 15 seconds before and so they were getting a 10 15 second edge so we you know mm. we, we quickly kind of noticed it. they were in certain shops where people where staff may not know that you know they, they weren't taking notice people were getting getting a nice edge on greyhounds for quite a while yeah no really interesting mate so how did you do you want to explain like the segue from from yeah finishing up working in the betting shops to to what you're doing nowadays well i suppose i could see that it was getting you know true i could see in the shops there was it was you know people are finding it harder and harder to get on in shops i've seen customers i kept seeing customers come in wanted 200 euros on a horse or a greyhound or whatever and we had to we basically had to tell them no sorry they won't give you a look you can have 50 50 euros 25 euros at sp that's all again you'll have customers giving out to this and that plus also i think in in ireland and also in the uk I would say betting shops are more like mini casinos and actually, you know, going back to years ago where they're real sports, you know, it was all sports betting. Now, now it's more, you know, casino roulette, virtual racing is huge. So once over the last few years that started to come in, so I just felt, no, I just wanted to get out of this and just concentrate more and, you know, football, actually funny horse racing was probably my, was the thing I bet on most. But as the years went by, I just got more into football betting. It just felt easier to get on and through the exchanges. So 
I just said, look, I'm just going to have a go at football betting, and it's going pretty okay. Yeah, nice, mate. And and with your yeah, with your football betting, you're specialising in in two leagues, I guess La Liga and La Liga Two. I'm sorry if that's not what it's uh, what it's called nowadays. I feel like. No, <laughs> Spanish Segunda, yeah. Sorry, I didn't want to uh, stuff up the pronunciation, mate. Um, <laughs> I'll let you do that bit, but yeah, I know, and I know you're doing some other stuff in like Ireland, um, and I, I believe you dabble in a few other leagues. Like, uh, do you think that's why you've kind of you've been successful so far? Like, just because you're focusing on a couple of leagues rather than, you know, you see certain tipsters uh, or, I mean, even, I guess, betting syndicates is maybe a little bit different because there's a lot more people. But do you think that's why you've, yes, been been a bit more successful maybe just because you've been, yeah, focusing primarily on a couple of leagues and getting to know them really thoroughly? Yeah, I do think so, definitely, yeah. Uh, originally, I was betting. I was betting on Germany. I was betting on... Germany, Bundesliga and Bundesliga 2. Uh, I would have been betting in both French leagues, the Italian leagues, Spain, and it was just, it was just taking up too much of my time. And I, always, I was always drawn to Spain, so probably in any league. And um, the Segunda really, the Segunda really much, because I just find that the Segunda is probably, you know, it's a very even league, and, you know, the on any given day the top team you know top team top four teams and the, the teams at the bottom four it's uh very very regularly where you get you know you, you can get surprising results well surprising to the betting but not so much to me so i just felt rather than spending too much time on lots of leagues it was better to concentrate my time on just a few so it's uh yeah it's worked pretty well probably the second day is probably even over the last year or so, I've probably spent more and more time looking at Segunda, and for the coming season, I'd hope to um, develop, it, develop it even more. So that's where lots of my profits have come. So for the coming season, that will be a, a big part of my uh, of my betting. Yeah, how, how would you, I guess, look at people who are – I mean, there are lots of tipsters I notice out there that are maybe doing like Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Liga, Serie A, so like the big – five main leagues like how and then they're probably doing champions league and europa and stuff like that on top of yeah. it would you would you i guess view i mean it, it, i guess it's all a kind of different approach i mean if you can cover those leagues in depth and and find an edge there then sure but would you rather like um maybe specialize in a couple of leagues and maybe get a higher higher roi than maybe like little edges all over the place like how i guess how do you view those yeah tipsters that are yeah, looking at so many different leagues. Yeah, per- personally myself, I prefer concentrate on just a few leagues because I think time-wise, if if you like, I put an awful lot of time just into Spain, into um, into French league on, and I, I would take a look at it. And um, but even at that, I could spend from from the Tuesday or Wednesday before weekend games, I would start looking at the Spanish games and also the French league one day, but might be part of the main leagues. But uh, I just, if I had to look at all the other leagues, I'd just be afraid, as you said, I couldn't see how I'd get the same ROI concentrating on five or six leagues as you would in three leagues. Some guys can do it. They probably have, maybe they have outsell or they have, they, they have development software that they can narrow it down. But uh, I think if you concentrate, for me, concentrating on these leagues, you get to know the teams really well. You know, you get to know their 
their little quirks, you get to know what players are in and out. You get to know, say, you know, certain teams, for example, Aria in the second last season started really badly. I think they lost their first first five or six games and then went in a streak. They were went for 15 games unbeaten. So, you know, I think by, by narrowing it down, you'll spot that. Whereas if you're looking at five or six leagues, I'm not so sure you, you would spot a team like that. They're just that are the results are poor, but they're actually playing better than the results, you know, the results seem. So I think by just looking at one or two leagues, you, you'll be able to um, focus in on that better. Yeah. So your approach is, I guess, very heavy analysis based. Like you're just watching a lot of, a lot of football each weekend. Do you want to, do you want to, yeah, maybe just explain your, your process for finding value in those leagues? Yeah, it is. So basically, the, um, I look at the fixtures, as I said, come to Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, I would have, I suppose, the season goes on. At the beginning of the season, I would have teams that I'd be, you know, people probably notice. I back a lot of the same teams week in and week out, either for goals or back them in the, in the match market. So I would uh, I would just price them up themselves, basically. I'd price up the matches themselves and I'd price up the goals markets. Uh, then I'd compare... I go on to Betfair and compare them, possibly not for this Sunday early on the week because the liquidity is is too low. So I would um, look at the odds, look at my odds, and if you know wherever often there's a big discrepancy between them, so I would I'd, fo- I'd focus in on those matches and just say you know why 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 is such a team so big or why is such a team so small or why did they not see goals? Which a lot of time in I suppose more so on the second is known as a low scoring league, whereas I like to look at games for goals because I find that it's, you know, that's where you're getting the value there. And uh, so my that's that's my process is basically price up the games myself. Uh, I have notes and I have a lot of notes in each team. And then I take it from there. I look at, as we get near today, I look at team news, look at you know, if, if there's any big players out, suspensions, injuries, whatever. And sometimes I wouldn't I wouldn't be totally put off a team if they had lots, you know, it depends. You know, some teams can made, you know, you could read that they have three or four injuries. But the players coming in may just, you know, I, I view them maybe just as good. So I wouldn't make it a huge negative that certain players are out. So um, that's, that's, that's basically my approach. Yeah, can you can you talk a little bit more about I guess the differences in pricing that you might uh, yeah find between your prices and and bookmakers or exchange prices because I guess there can be times mm-hmm. where you know mate, let's just say that you price a team at at two in odds or something like that and then you go on the website and you know you see two put there at price at two point five which is obviously like a a huge edge. But it's actually like a, it's a huge discrepancy too. So do you ever like look at those kind of situations and you're like, surely I'm missing something here because this odds difference is almost too big. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That, that's often happened. Actually, I would look and I could see my odds, and exactly as you as you've said there, actually, I saw. No, I must I must be getting something wrong. But I suppose <laughs> I seem to other betters, and I have a close friend actually that. Um, that is uh and a football tipster but uh he he all he all he regularly says you know don't he said don't always think that you're wrong maybe they're wrong so instead of backing off it i kind of focus in more and just you know 
you, you say, look, yeah, maybe I'm missing out this, or maybe, you know, it, like you, you could go in between. But even at that, you know, I have seen that often where at the beginning of the week, I could see a team maybe 2.4 or 2.5 that I have them at two. But come the weekend, it's into 2.2 or 2.25. And they're saying, you know, you, you know, you, you were probably right. So there is, I suppose, there is a case for backing, especially maybe at, at, in Liga, playing earlier in the week. If if you can, if the liquidity is there, but I do, I find that you know really it doesn't build up until near the day as such. So you know some sometimes you know you you can look at ads maybe in a Wednesday or Thursday and come to Friday it's it's after lowering. But I find that you know come near kickoff you often find it back out. They say that the near you come to kickoff is the is the closest to um most accurate market you have. So I suppose. If you wait till near a kickoff, if that if that's true, you know, they can drift back out. So sometimes it's just it's just a case of balance, a balancing act, really. Yeah, and is it as simple as anything that's above my price? I'm happy to take, or is there like a price something at two, and it's at two point zero two or two point zero three? Then you're just like, oh well, I do have a slight edge here in my mind, but. Is it really, you know, am I that confident in it that I'm happy to just take an edge off a, you know, a couple of points? Yeah, no, I wouldn't say it wouldn't be as simple as, you know, if if, if I have it at two and it's 2.05 or whatever, I, I would look at that and I'd say, yeah, look, that's that's a nice little edge. But I'd also look to see, you know, is, you know, what other factors, you know, is, is 2.05, is it really, you know, do I need to, you know, what I would expect to maybe 2.1 or, or whatever. So I just look closer, say obviously home or away, um, recent form. I wouldn't be, recent form, I'd use it as as a go, as a guide, but I wouldn't use it as, you know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't sway me towards that. So I, I may look at, say, a team's goal scoring, scoring stats or, one thing I, I do like to look at actually is a team that scores eight goals. I, I'm really attracted to teams that score eight goals. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm sure a lot of punters use it, but uh, I find that teams that score goals in the last 15 minutes of games that they can be very reliable in first for goals, goals bets, and also for match odds because it just gives an indication that a team is you know that they keep going for 90 minutes that they're you know that you, you always have a chance of getting getting a goal so I think lucky teams that score late goals I think can be a bit, you know it, it doesn't it's probably not very important for a lot of betters but myself and my and my my other friend who's a football tipster we've we've got a nice bit of success out of it so late goal teams would be um would be would would sway it for me if if say if I saw a team that two I had a match two under 2.05 if I saw that they had good late goal stats I, I would go with them then yeah Okay, no, that's very, very interesting. Man. I've never heard anyone, um, yeah, I guess talk about like goals being, a, yes, yeah, it's really big, unusual, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's really cool to hear that that's like a, yeah, a determining factor for you. Like, if, if yeah, if a team scoring late goals, then, um, yeah, you rate them as a really good team. I think that, yeah, it's really interesting insight. Um, how do you, I guess, measure the success? of of your bets is it as simple as yeah I'm, I'm beating the closing line or is it as simple as yeah wins and losses like what's your most yeah determining metric like maybe it's even just 
making sure the odds at closing are the same as the the odds you had them at earlier in the week? Yeah, the closing odds would be actually <laughs> funny enough. I say a lot, a lot of my winning bets, the closing odds are often better. Actually, um, I don't have the exact stats, but I know from look at them, I'd often go and say, you know, so. I obviously the closing line is usually important and it's you know it's it's the true ads but I just go on my overall you know the long-term profit is the big thing I'd look at really you know I've I think I've over I've proofed over a thousand bets now I think in 2019 my ROI was 3.96 almost four uh last year it was, it was 4.01 so it's a it's a similar level so I do target I had up 2021 I've targeted 5% ROI uh not quite there at the moment it's probably the last few months have been you know they haven't been usually profitable they're they're doing okay but i would still think that i'm probably due a good few months so i just think i'd just go on long term as a big thing you know i think if if i can manage to get four percent over a thousand bets you know i, I target five so i'm not not a whole not that far off it so um yeah i think my success i base it on how my bets have gone long term. I don't take huge huge notice. You know, I've I've had bad months. I've had good months. I think was it in twenty nineteen? Just two really bad months in a row. Was it September? I dropped six points in September. I dropped twelve points in October. And uh, you know, it was it was really bad. But then, funnily enough, November I picked up and five five points, and December I picked up eleven points. So it tends. I think you know variance will always be a problem, but it tends to balance out. But if I can hit the, if I can get as close as I can to five percent ROI, um, I'd be pretty pretty happy with that. Yeah, for instance, if you were, I mean, let's just say the last six months you've had a four percent ROI, but then you've looked back and seen that you've beaten the closing line, like, or, or you barely beat the closing line, or maybe you've yeah been pretty neutral with it. Would that like stress you out at all, or? Have you worried that, all right, I am in profits? I mean, that's the main thing, but, you know, beating the market, I'm not really doing that. You do, you you have to meet, you have to be in the long line, long term to make a profit, obviously. If you're not, you know, it stands to reason that you won't make a profit. Uh, I suppose if I look back at six months and if I saw a string of bets not, not beating close line, and if I was make profit, I was saying, look, how many of those bets, you know, am I just being lucky? Maybe I don't have the edge I think I have. So um, I wouldn't get stressed out, though. No, I don't. I probably, as a punter, I'm probably quite patient enough. You know, I don't, you know, if, if I have a real good run, I don't, I don't get too, I don't get too high. Or if I have a real bad one, I don't tend to get too low. I just, I try to remain, remain balanced enough. I'm, I suppose, look, I'm doing it, I, I, like I'm punting, I'm betting for a number of years now, and I've seen, I've seen the ups, I've seen the downs, I've seen, you know, I've seen good months, bad months. So, um, no, I'm, pre- I'm pretty, pretty level-headed enough when it comes to um, bad runs and good runs. So, it's uh, it's serving well so far. Yeah, is uh, if you had to like put down like everything into a small little box and say like this is why I'm profitable from football betting, what would that be? Because I guess most people would. Uh, I guess most people like rate their opinion uh, when it comes to certain sports. They, you know, they they always think that their opinion is the right opinion when it comes to football or whatever sport that they 
they uh, they mm-hmm. watch or follow? Like, why would you say maybe it's like the thoroughness of you know the research you do? Uh, like, oh yeah, no, I'll just let you answer the question. Yeah, no, I probably just say that I, I, I when I watch a game. When I watch again, I I mostly turn off the commentary. I don't I don't tend to listen to commentary because I just you know I just try to form my own opinion. But uh, I probably I can read I I feel I can read teams fairly well. You know, especially I suppose especially in the leagues I, the leagues I concentrate on. I just feel I have a good handle on the teams. I know I know the players. When I, you know I know the players well. I know the teams. What way? What style of play they play? I know if they go behind what way they're going to play or what you know what substitutes they're going to change it. So I just think I just think by focusing on fewer leagues, you can know the teams better. And hopefully, well, <laughs> my hope is that I, I I know the teams better than others probably do. So um, that that that's I probably say just I just have a better knowledge of teams than others. That's that's probably would be my uh, that's what I'd kind of don't. Uh, yeah, and correlating that to betting odds is it as simple as like you giving a probability of a team winning. So like maybe you allocate a, a percentage, or do you actually just not I guess surpass the percentage part and just actually give them a price? I just I suppose I just give them a price really. I suppose it's I'm all style. Every I put a price to everything really. You know that's that's just been my way for many years. So. It's I suppose look a price is a percentage chance of winning as such so it's, it's the same thing but yeah I just put a price to it and if if the if I see a big difference in my price and the market I straight away that's that's one game I'm going to be interested in either for goals or for Asian line match odds whichever so and the reason I started actually last season I introduced both teams to score more so into my betting as well which. Uh, which has worked pretty. It's uh, yeah, it's doing okay as well. So, on our bet, I like to uh, like to play in. Yeah, nice, mate. Um, I mean, interesting thing about your service is that you're using betting exchanges as opposed to uh, bookmakers. Do you want to kind of yeah explain why that is uh, that you do that? Well, I suppose I've had many betting accounts. Um, as I say, we call them soft bookies. The likes of say Bet Three Six Five, William Hill, um. I presume you're familiar with Labrooks, Paddy Power, Boyle Sports. I've had, I've had numerous accounts of those, and um, so they, they just they just don't last. They don't last if you're backing on, if you're if you're backing horses, if you're backing greyhounds, football. If you're probably just backing football only, you you would make them last because they build they have a bit margin to their football prices. I, I you couldn't in my opinion you couldn't make. You couldn't make a profit long term on football betting backing with those bookies. I know the likes of Pinnacle obviously is they're they're a different story you can with those. But I just found that Betfair Betfair was, you know, there was no problem getting on, there was no problem, you know, liquidity fair enough can be an issue at times, but if you wait long enough, you will you will get it. Uh, the odds are generally, you know, I I I I'm quite happy with the with the with the odds the they're there, um, you know. As say, and the the big the big main leagues, there's no problem getting bets on. Uh, the second the second can be a bit difficult, I suppose. Early morning of the day, of the match you're probably better off going, uh, you know, late afternoon or evening. But I find that generally, you you know, you you will always get matched. So also when when I spoke to Pete about um, starting up this service, we just felt it was probably the fairest way. You know, it, it's a, it's 
it gives everyone a chance of getting on the bets. It gives everyone, you know, that they can on at a price. There was no point me say putting up a price from a bookie on a Wednesday and knowing that, you know, maybe five people out of sixty or seventy might get on. You know, it's it's easy to say, oh look, we were on at this price, but it's it's not realistic. So it's probably the fairest way, and that's the way I bet myself. So that's basically why, why I'm happy to use Betfair. Have you figured out, I guess, the the best time to use the exchanges, like like hours before a game or days before a game? Because they're, I mean, they're a completely different market, or yeah, just a completely different kettle of fish compared to, um, well, yeah, a standard yeah. soft bookie. Yeah, they're they're way different. Um, I suppose with La Liga and with uh, the French League One, I would be happy to go. The morning of the game, I'd be happy enough to. Um, basically, if if I if I am if the odds are there in the morning on on the, on the major leagues, if if there if there is enough liquidity, which there mainly is, and I'm happy with the with the odds, I'll I'll put that bet up. That's fine. But whereas with the Sunday, it's probably you have to wait until maybe, you know, if it's an evening game, late afternoon, early evening. Uh, I know last season I sent out. I used just an, I just sent out one email in the morning, maybe with one or two bets in La Liga, maybe the same in the Segunda. But I'm thinking for the coming season I may hold off and send Segunda bets until probably two or three hours before kickoff. Um, so tonight, for example, I gave a bet in the Champions League qualifier is between Shamrock Rovers and Slovan Bratislava. But today, when I looked at probably lunchtime, there was very little liquidity so i left it until 6 a.m this evening two hours before kickoff so then there was you know liquidity was good then even though the odds had shortened up a little bit but it was still above the odds i was happy with so that's that's probably the one issue with the with the lower leagues say in ireland or in you know the champions league qualifiers seconda the later you leave it the the more liquidity you have whereas for the top leagues you know, any time the day of the match, even today, I I tend to give all, I tend to do all my betting on games the day of the match. Um, I just find it, you know, I I have so much to go through. I just find it. I look at it day by day. I look at the games as they come. So that's 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 the approach I work to. Yeah. Do you ever have, I guess, customers struggling to find the liquidity if they're a little bit late? I assume you're kind of all just stealing liquidity from each other. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've had a few emails from from guys saying that uh, you know that I think last season there was a few there was a few games where where at times the <clears throat> I could release a bet maybe at eleven a.m. and you know by two o'clock it's it's just gone completely and they just gone to me, they just you know, contact me and say look I couldn't get on their price so in that situation I like my advice is never chase down a price you know just just don't, you know, don't don't go chasing down a price just because I put up. Uh, either put it put it into Betfair, you know, just put in or put in the price I advised, or else go in and play at the at the beginning, especially say on the over goals. If it's over goals, you'll often match after ten minutes, quite quite um, quite easily. Uh, and match odds, look, you may miss a bet, but. I prefer miss a bet than be chasing it on because over a season it'll probably even out. You know, I don't, I don't believe in chasing down a price. Just look, if you if you you're going to miss winners, you're going to miss losers. But you just shrug shrug your shoulders. But it's it's not a huge issue. It's not a huge issue, really. 
Yeah, okay, cool. Um, mate, COVID's obviously played havoc in uh, in football and, you know, all sports yeah, around the world. Do you have a – I guess you probably had to, yeah, change up your approach maybe a little bit as as the seasons have gone on the last couple of years. What a – What's your approach when when crowds do come back? Which it, I mean, it looks like that's going to be a thing now. I mean, it was pretty successful throughout the Euros, and I, I have no idea what the situation's like in Spain. But I assume that crowds are going to start coming back now. Um, how do you how do you approach that? I mean, there's the the problem with home advantage. Maybe they'll. I don't, I don't. I don't even know. You've heard people say that there's you know been less goals throughout COVID too. So. How are you going to approach all of yeah. that? Uh, I think initially, well, apparently in Spain, there are 80% crowds from the start of the season. That's that's at the moment, but, you know, it's it's evolving all the time. That can change. So um, my initial my initial thinking is goals. Yeah, I think goals, uh, especially as much starter late goals. I did see I did see a lack of late goals in games with no crowds because obviously if a team is behind, you know, say going into the last 15, 20 minutes of a game, and, you know, if you have a crowd back, you know, they just feed, they, you know, they feed off the adrenaline of the crowd, whereas that's, that's been a, that's been a big miss. So I think for the, for the first few weeks of the season, I'd be looking at more goals. Even at the Euros I've seen, I think the, compared to the last, compared to your 2016, goals were, um, there was a lot more goals scored. So, um, I think players have been used to it over the last year playing in front of empty stands, and now all of a sudden they came to Euros and there's an atmosphere, and you, you could see. I think you could see it in players. You could see it. You could see it. So especially late on, I, I felt that you know games, games are, and I suppose the amount of own goals was also noticeable in the Euros, which maybe it's you know it could be the nervousness from having a crowd there, which I would say had a big bearing on it too. So um, yeah, I think when the crowds come back, goals will be one thing I will be looking at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, mate. It'll be it'll be very interesting to see uh, how the market reacts. Maybe they'll, yeah, maybe the yeah. market will. Yeah, you, know, you would just assume, like, you could see an instance where the, the 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 market might overreact a little bit, and yeah, and it's just about trying to trying to figure out those, or at least find those little edges here and there. Is there like particular? Like, how how do you look at it from a I guess a team perspective? Are there certain teams that you might in like uh in Spain that you look at and think, all right, they're gonna be a lot better when crowds come back or and on the other hand are there teams that you look at and think, you know, they've had a good run throughout COVID and I think maybe they'll go on a little downfall once once the pressures maybe they maybe feel pressure a bit more from crowds. Yeah, I I suppose there are certain teams, you know, there are teams um well Sevilla would be a team in La Liga say who who actually had a great season last year. But their their stadium, the the Pisuana is real real atmospheric and the crowd are real near to the pitch. So you would think with a crowd back there that you know that, that, that they can perform even better and push on from last season. Uh, then there are certain teams who I would you know, who may have overachieved last season because Maybe the players played better without the pressure of a crowd. Um, I know Betis are probably a team. They're they're from Seville as well, obviously. That they seem to they seem to flourish last season. But you know the type of players they have. I'm not so sure if you had a forty thousand shouting behind them whether you know those players would be quite as up for it. So um, 
yeah, there are certain teams I'd be looking at to to oppose and also to to side with when when crowds come back because they're definitely some players react better, obviously. To you know, they can feed off a crowd, where some players just they, they don't seem to. Um, <clears throat> the pressure just doesn't suit them, and they tend to go hiding. So maybe players that flourished last season with no crowds, we'll notice this season that you know they they're not so not 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 as good as we thought. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting approach to to take to betting because I guess nowadays it's very data led, and you know everyone loves a, a statistic. But I guess the the mental side or the yeah, the emotional side of of football and understanding players and teams, like, do you think there's like an edge there in itself rather than I guess a lot of the data now is kind of or edges that you can find from data are almost pointless because it's all publicly available. So is that something you try and incorporate into your your pricing is maybe taking more of a emotional look at the game or a mental approach if you get what i mean yeah no i do yeah i definitely think it is yeah yeah because there is uh, as you said data is it's it's everywhere you know i think if you're going to um if you want to if you want to have a bet on any football game now and you could just open up any website would expect you know you could expect the goals expect you know it's it's there for everyone to see so as you say, there there isn't there isn't much in it. So yeah, I I feed off more the emotional the emotional side. That's why late goals, which I know it's probably it's an unusual one, but if I you know I think I'd often look at two teams that are both of this you know are renowned for scoring late goals, and rather than looking at their over two and a half goal stats or over you know over goal stats, I would base my bet more on if they scored more late goals than. If they had more over two and a half goals, if you know what I mean, I think a team that scores late goals, or you know, they're always worth citing it either for in the match odds market or are in the goals market. But uh, it's probably it's I think it's it's overlooked really. I suppose you know it's, it's you know I think when when I had this conversation with with, um, with my other mate, you know we 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 both really we both felt you know, you know this is this is something that's been missed. So uh, it it does it ha- it has worked well not for every team obviously but for certain teams who are consistently scoring late goals it's um it's it's definitely paid off for us yeah nice mate good stuff I really yeah I love that little uh, little nugget of the the late goal stuff I think it's a really interesting way of of looking at it um mate one more question for you I, I, question that I ask most of the guests that come on uh. I guess just one piece of advice or maybe you've got a couple, mate, that you would give to people who are yeah, either starting betting or, you know, been involved in the industry for a long time on, I guess, how they could take their, their game to the next level. Uh, I suppose if you're starting betting, I would say specialise. Uh, I suppose it's, they, they've obviously heard it numerous times. But I think specialise and a betting bank. Betting bank obviously is hugely important. I've... Um, I've seen it even working in a betting shop. There, people recklessly come in on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday, and you know they they lose their first few bets, they chase their losses, and it's it's just all gone, you know. Um, mm. Specialize, uh, don't, don't don't overload yourself, you know. If if you're into horse racing, uh, stick to horse racing. If you're into jump, if you're into jumps racing, stick to jumps. Don't be getting too caught up in the flat. Uh, if sprint races are a thing. Go with sprint races. Don't you know you don't have to bet in every race. Uh, if football is your thing, you know if you if you're comfortable following the Premier League or 
the French League, La Liga, whatever, I just say, you know, just concentrate on that. Don't, you don't, you know, you do see, you know, you, unfortunately you see people who have to lose in bets and, you know, they, they could put plenty of time into, into say, Premier League match, maybe spent, you know, they spent their own, spent a, a lot of research, thought they had it figured out. Bet goes down that night, there's a match, a La Liga match on TV and, you know, they're chasing back their losses. That loses all of a sudden, instead of waiting until the next day for the next Premier League match, you know, their their money is gone. So I'd all say, I, I think specialise and have patience and betting banks would be would be my three, my three main ones. Uh, as regards regular punters, I'm sure there's 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 plenty of punters could probably still give me uh, plenty of advice also. And <laughs> um, I'd say, uh, like specialising, obviously works for me, works well for me. I know we said earlier in in this that you know there are people that can they can uh, manage many leagues and look if it works for them, it works for them. You know they they probably you know they they have obviously maybe helped if different models or whatever but uh i suppose just keep a clear head i suppose is, is a big thing you know you know if things are going against you just you know what, what what's worked before tends to keep working you know just if it stops working for a few weeks you know you might have to tweak it or just change it here and there but don't don't panic if, if you run into a bad run and likewise if you know if you're on a good run and if you think oh you know this i have it I have I have this cracked, you know. I'm, you know, if you've a run of say, I've ten ten over two and a half goals bets comes up, doesn't suddenly mean like that you've the goals markets cracked. It's a, it's a, it's it's the long game. You need to be you, you need to be profitable. At. So that's uh that's, that's probably the the two things I'd uh, push on it. Yeah, it's it's terrific advice, mate. I, I really like what you say about um yeah specialization. I think. It's a really, it's a really interesting thing because I think people who are who are regular betters, even if you're, I mean, not even even if like so far you've not even been a a long term profitable better. I think if you spend enough time betting and you kind of understand what odds have been distributed to certain teams or sports, just over time you've just seen so many betting odds that you kind of understand like prices and stuff like that. I think if you then uh, on top of that, put in a lot of research and just watch a yeah. lot of you know a certain team or a certain league. I think there's there's most certainly edges there. I mean, I've had I, I don't I've I don't watch any football at all, mate, except for watching Arsenal really, and um, and just from watching Arsenal and understanding yeah. a decent yeah. bit about betting. When I see some of the opening prices on Arsenal, I can I you can almost I look at them all the time and think that's right, that's wrong. And almost all the time, I by the time it closes, the the odds have moved yeah. to where I think they yeah. should have been. But um, that's just from literally watching every Arsenal game, and that's yeah. a hobby of mine. So maybe that's like a place where people can can start. I mean, the problem there is that you've got biases and all that kind of stuff there. Being a supporter, but yeah, I couldn't agree more on the specialization side. Yeah, that if you just understand the pricing and, and all that kind of stuff, if you then just watch enough football of one thing, then you're probably going to get really good yeah. at it. Yeah, you will. That's that's the hope on it. But I do, I do think it. That's it's hugely important. You know, you, you, you know, you see people are happy with doing their accumulators at weekends on different leagues. And but you know, that's as a hobby, that's fine. You know, it, it, once they control it. But if you're serious, you need to specialize and need to narrow it down to um to certain leagues or even certain teams, doesn't it? You know, it it can be four and five teams, and it's like that. You know, you have a real good handle on, and that 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 can bring you lots of success also.
Yeah, I mean, maybe a good question you can ask yourself before you place any betters. You can just say, has anyone else done more research than me to uh, yeah. conclude that why, the, why the odds are where they're at? Because <laughs> most of the time for me, it's like, yeah, I've only thought about this for half an hour. There's probably someone that's thought about it for two hours. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe that's a... Uh... Good piece of advice. <laughs> no, yeah, mate, I've, I've really enjoyed. Uh, I've really enjoyed talking to you today, Liam. I think that. Yeah, that yeah like I've said, there's been some really great pieces of advice. Yeah, for people out there, good. I know we're on a bit of a lag right now, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right, mate. Um, yeah, I guess maybe just finish off by letting people know where they can find you and your service and, yeah, anything, any exciting projects you've got going on at the moment you want to tell people about. Uh, yeah, you'll find me at, uh, well, my I, my tips are service I run through Smart Betting Club, so I'm sure people will be familiar with that. It's, um, it's, a, it's, a great, it's, it's, it's a great website to log into, actually. It's, there's some brilliant pointers there for, um, for anyone who wants to start out in betting or anyone even who's who's a regular battery you know, does some great advice and it's uh it's totally no affiliates bookmaker no bookmaker on site so it's uh it's worth to go so i'm there uh, you'll find me in their premium section under the poacher uh, i'm also on twitter at the poacher nine so i tweet i i, I often put up i just tweet often when i um when i advise a better i often tweet my results uh my results my full I, my results are proof to the smart betting club so there's a full results page on um on my page there so uh that's real funny as regards any projects coming up uh, i suppose it's 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 a quiteish time but um i did a nice winner tonight in the champions league qualifiers so i, I it was shamrock rovers they, they won 2-1 against slov and bratislava Bratislava I gave them in the asian handicap so they're just a team i'm familiar with and i'd seen the game last week and it just played in extreme heat. I just thought back with fans and um, with more Irish weather that they had a lot going for them. Uh, I, I will be betting on the Irish Premier Division for um, the remainder of the summer. And then the, the leagues will start up again in August. So looking for those. Um, it'll be the same again, the Spanish leagues, along with French League One and Champions League and Europa League to a lesser extent. But uh, as I said, my main my main focus will be on Spain. So uh, that that won't be long won't be long rolling around. To, so looking forward to that. Yeah, no, awesome, mate. It's uh, seems like you've uh, you've got things going well, mate. And and yeah, like you said about smart smart betting club, we uh, we had Pete on the podcast about probably a hundred episodes ago, mate, a long time ago. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, for anyone interested in learning more about Smart Betting Club and I guess the ins and outs of tipses, then go and listen to that. But, yeah, thanks for listening, yeah. everyone, and thanks once again, Liam, for coming on. Please Fair make enough. sure, everyone, if, you, if you've if got a bit of time, do a quick, uh, do a quick rate and review of the podcast uh, and subscribe to us wherever you listen. Give the video a like if you can. Um, and if you're looking to implement some of the strategies we talked about today or weekly on the podcast and also the value betting ones, start a free week trial of TradeMate Sports. Liam, thank you once again and we'll have to catch up sometime soon. Yeah, I look forward to catch up again. There's... See ya.